Hey everybody, it is Savannah Sanchez and Dara Denny, and we are back for another season of the Purchase Optimized Podcast. So there's been a thousand reasons why we haven't been able to record lately, but we're so excited we finally got in the studio and have some time to really catch up. Uh, Dara and I also haven't caught up in a while, so for this episode, we're really excited to just inform you on what's been going on lately with both of us, as well as the tactics and strategies that we're seeing now as of August, 2023. So without further ado, here is my co-host, Dara Denny. Hey, Savannah. And also to all of our Purchase Optimized listeners, I am so excited that we are back and back in the studio. It's been a while. Um, and there have been a lot of things that have changed, which we're definitely going to be diving into today. I am so excited to catch up. It's, it's really been too long. I think we should start off with some of your life updates. A lot has changed for you on your side in terms of your career and new courses. So Dara, what have you been up to lately? Um, we haven't caught up in months, so I'm just excited to hear how everything's going with you and, and what your plans are. Yeah. So, I mean, about a month, month and a half ago, I made the decision to leave the agency that I was working at and ultimately just kind of leave the agency world. I think this has been a long time coming for me and candidly like would have happened sometime this year, but I just felt like this big urgency in like April, May timeframe of like leaving now. Um, you know, the agency that I was working with, we went through an acquisition and like, honestly, as far as acquisitions go, like not the worst, not too bad, but I think like the agency business overall is just like something that has been like hit hard. And it's something I've heard the sentiment from many other people who work at agencies. Um, you know, we definitely went through a few layoffs and, you know, we had to restructure our teams and all that was really hard. And I think for me personally, it just made me realize like what I really want from like my professional career, but also like what I like, how I just want to spend my time. And something big that I've realized myself over the last few years is like, I don't like have any like big grand ambitions of like running my own agency or really even my own team. And like, I don't love the management aspect of like where I would have to be at in my career if I wanted to continue working for agencies. Like, I just don't think that at a certain level you can get out of managing a whole bunch of people. And I had no interest in continuing to do that. Um, and at the same time, like the YouTube channel was like going well. And like, I've had lots of, you know, interesting offers for for like one-off projects, for consultancy projects long-term and like even just like YouTube sponsorships. So I also saw this as like one of the like last times in my life that I could take a really big risk without affecting anyone else. Like, you know, I live alone in New York. Like I'm not married. Like I don't have kids. And like if I, you know, fail on like flat on my face for like two, three months, it's you know, I have like enough of savings that I can like afford to do that. Um, so I just kind of like see this time period in my life as like really rapid experimentation. And like, I don't really know what's next. <laughs> well, that is just so exciting. I mean, we all know you are insanely talented on the media buying side and creative strategy. So I think in terms of your position to take a big risk like this, like 
even if the worst happens, which I know it won't, you, you of course won't fail. Um, there's always going to be people who are looking for talented people to join their team and help. I think you've really made the right move because you recognize that and you realized as a consultant, people can reach out to you directly and you can work on projects that you care about and mm-hmm. brands that you want to work with. Whereas at the agency, you're assigned your team, which you may uh, or may yes. not like. <laughs> you are assigned your clients and you can't tell them to uh, go away kindly if they're not mm-hmm. a good fit. So there's there's a lot of conflicts of interest there. You have to be loyal to the agency and you can't tell the clients maybe the truth that they need to hear about their ad account um, with the fear of losing their client or af- afraid of offending a team member. But there's there's all that politics in and, and managing people that I also didn't like when I worked at an agency. And I felt the same way as you when I went off to be a freelancer. I could not be more excited to like just be on my own, not have yeah. to worry about anyone else um, and just do what you want to do. Like you said, fill up your time with projects and uh, things that excite you and that you care and that you care about. Yeah, I think, too, it's like a a big part of like the friction with like agencies right now are like large agency teams like that model is like clients don't want to spend as much money on like a media buying CRO creative package like they used to like for some brands like you know there were contracts that were 50k to 70k per month and like that was you know that was something that clients were much more open to spending on. Um, But I've just found like really over the last year, like I see so many um, brand teams wanting to bring their content creation in-house, wanting to bring their media buying in-house and their growth machines in-house. And at that point, like I don't blame them. Like I'm like, yeah, you're going to have like better margins overall on your business if you bring it all in-house and, you know, you work with select freelancers or small boutique agencies that really make the difference as opposed to these like really big agency relationships. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's been interesting, like now leaving that and like deciding really firmly to take a break from client work. Cause I've only been out of, you know, being client facing since June 30th. And in many ways, I feel like I'm already kind of like, I'm like, Oh wait, like what is working? Like I, of course I like have some consulting brands that, I like, you know, I have their ad accounts. I can like check and see what tests they're running. But there is this sort of like flair that I feel like I'm already starting to lose by like not being like in in the know on those conversations every single day. And like my focus has like changed actually to focus a lot more on like the creator aspect of it and like the like the YouTube like the YouTube side of my business um and the TikTok side of my business on the organic side and like since we're so firmly in like paid social like media buying land it's totally like a different mind shift for me right now to just be like okay what type of content can I make for my YouTube channel that's going to like please my my core audience how can I reach new audiences and like I I find myself like right now being like, uh, like, ha- like, am I going to like continue making content like tutorial based content like I did for for YouTube about media buying and about creative, or is it going to become something different? I sort of feel like I'm getting ready to change a lot about how I'm showing up on these platforms, and it's like kind of nerve wracking because I feel like it's really comfortable for me right now in like D2C land, like 
people know me, they respect me for the most part. And like, I feel like I have a really good sense of being able to look at a brand and be like, oh, they should do this, this and this. And if they need a big swing, here are like some things they can do. But now I'm like, it's like a whole new like world trying to like look at YouTube and look at growing like my own personal brand as opposed to like growing the brand of someone else through like a different model. So yeah, there's just like a lot changing for me right now. <laughs> Sounds like it. And I think for all of our listeners who may be working at an agency or working at a brand or starting their own brand, I think it's kind of eye-opening that when you have these skills of media buying, creative strategy, whether you start an agency or have your own brand to develop those, there are many paths you can take in your career, whether it's climbing the corporate ladder in an agency and managing yeah. teams, or in your case, which is actually pretty unique and not something that many people do, they take the creator route of teaching other people uh, these really important and valuable skills like media buying and coming to it more from like a, a teacher creator standpoint. So there's definitely not one path that you can take when you have these skills. I think a lot of people think either you start your own agency or you start mm -hmm. your own brand, but I would love to hear more about your plans as a creator. It sounds like maybe you're thinking of even branching off to different topics on YouTube, Like, how do you think about your content strategy going forward? Yeah. So I've thought a lot about this recently and like, I really want to expand like beyond tutorial based content. Like I think in some ways I'm always going to make content for small business owners, for people that work in marketing and especially like a focus on D to C and media buying and paid social and things like that. But I think like what there's a real lack of right now on YouTube is like content that really zooms in on like brands that are growing and really looking like in depth about like their growth machines and like what they're utilizing to like actually propel that growth. Like there's a lot of podcasts that are like how I built this or even like my first million in many ways that like zoom in on how like businesses became what they are today. But I don't really see like many in depth, like a lot of in-depth storytelling on YouTube about that kind of stuff. And I'm really interested in like partnering with founders and brands to tell their stories with like a big focus on like how they use paid social and content to propel that growth. Because um, I think a lot of times like it becomes a lot of um, like margin and growth loop talk. And like it's kind of harder for smaller business owners to look at that and see themselves, um, you know, when they're building out their Facebook account and like drawing those parallels. So I'm really interested in doing that kind of stuff. And of course, like also just featuring more businesses that maybe we haven't heard of, like businesses that are still in that like growth level, like in that growth phase, but maybe have like a really interesting brand, a really interesting story or like an interesting founder. Um, so I, I really am like interested in going down that path as it relates to like the content. Um, and I found too, like I did an experiment recently on reels. Um, I did 30 days of ads, which like I had never posted any type of business content or media buying content to reels before. And what I found was so interesting is like when I actually spoke about marketing and, um, like 
paid ads in, in general, like that's where people were more interested. And it was like a lot more higher level strategic that like people tend to connect to as opposed to run this us versus them ad or features point out ad because of some arbitrary insight I might have saw like three or four times across different accounts, but could always be different for you. So I think like I want to like really position myself to be like help people think more strategically now as a as opposed to tact like like tactics wise and because I see now that like you know when I first started YouTube I really wanted to be like that tactical person because I didn't see it on the platform at first like I didn't see people showing like what the structure of like a Facebook ads account looked like I didn't see people showing hey these are actual ad creatives that are being run and in a way I, I feel like my channel helped propel those conversations and it's now like my responsibility in a way to step in and like also change up the script and like say hey like we have like provided all these great tactics for for brands and for business owners like how can we show people how to take bigger swings and like how to think like more like you know just like more conceptually about the content that they're putting out in the world and the businesses they're building so like it's kind of funny. Like, I do feel like a sort of personal responsibility for that. <laughs> like, to kind of like, you know, take take that next step. Because um, it's so interesting. Like, when I started making YouTube content, like, there was just like a few dropshipping, like, Lamborghini guys that were yep. making content. <laughs> and I didn't like see, you know, too many other things, like too many other people like putting themselves out there making this content. And now, like, I feel like a lot more people are doing it, which I'm so stoked about. Um but like I, so I'm like kind of excited for like that next phase of like media buyer creatives that like are on YouTube and TikTok to like also um, inject more storytelling into their actual content and like moving beyond the tutorials. So, yeah, <laughs> you're so right. When I started like really getting into media buying in 2017, all I really wanted was like a video of like an ideal account structure. Yep. Um, I just, I, there was no tutorials out there. And the only things I could find were like cat howl courses where it's like yes. sign up for my mastermind and then we'll go through my ad account. But I'm like, I just need like a five minute video just showing me where to click so that I can get started on my own. And that's something that just didn't exist back then. Everything was either um, gate kept behind courses and masterminds. Yep. Um, people would pay $10,000 to go hang out with Tim Bird in uh, <laughs> Vegas for like an, a one hour mastermind session. But I think you, you definitely could take a lot of credit for like stopping the gatekeeping. Like you really just laid out, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not charging for this. This is the exact structure that big brands are using. And these are the creatives you need to use. You really didn't gatekeep anything. And I think a lot of the stuff is still evergreen that you uploaded even years ago. It, all of it is still relevant. And it's something that I always point my clients to when they're asking for, Hey, like what's your like, creative testing structure? I'm like, mm -hmm. just watch this video. I've sent your creative testing uh, tutorial video to so many clients. Oh, yeah. now. <laughs> and I think you really set the tone of, no, you can't gatekeep this all behind courses. Like this is uh, now free content. And then, like you said, now it's opened the door for other YouTubers to try to be on your level. Like, okay, I can't just, um, give vague tips. Like I need to actually dive into what you need to do. But I think you were definitely the first to do that. 
Yeah. Ben Heath was another like YouTube creator that did a lot of that style content. Um, and it's been really cool too. like over the last like few years, like we've been sort of creating content in tandem and like seeing his rapid growth. Um, and it, it's, it's really dope too. Cause like he had a totally different strategy than me. Like he had his own agency. He was putting out three to four videos a week. And like up until now, I had been working for an agency. I was essentially leveraging my YouTube channel as a way to get me better pay and better jobs like in the industry, which like I definitely succeeded in doing. And then like there, there's just always a cap when you're working for someone else, though, you know, and like that was something that I feel like I had to have like a serious reckoning about because I probably could have stayed like if thesis wasn't acquired, I probably could have stayed for like another like two, three years, like to be candid, like it was such a great culture. And like I had so much freedom, which was definitely due in part like to my channel because like people inherently trusted what I had to say. And um, like when I made suggestions to brands or to founders or even internally, like, you know, things were like able to get done. And like, I, I didn't like experience as much friction as I think a lot of people did like agency side. Um, but like when I thought about like the channel, I just feel like it would, it had really been plateauing candidly just like for the last year and a half. Like, yeah, it's funny. I see people now, like they'll reach out to me and they'll be like, Oh, you've had such explosive growth recently. You're everywhere. And it's like, man, actually my channel numbers aren't really going up. Like mm. they have a little bit, but like the views aren't really going up. The subscriber count certainly isn't going up. It's probably just more impressive that I have a channel now that's like 41K subscribers, which yeah. for like media buying and D2C is a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> but like, you know, compared to other like YouTube channels and other niches, it's like the numbers and like reach and volume is like, you know, pretty, pretty small. So one of the things that I'm doing like in this interim time is I, I've actually signed up to do Patty Galloway's YouTube Accelerator, um, which I actually just got off the phone call with right before, um, right before we jumped on. And really, like, I'm just kind of giving myself like this nine weeks to be like, okay, like, let's see what this creator lifestyle could really be like. Like, let's take some of those like big sweeping ideas that I have about like advertising content on YouTube and how to get to the next level and just like really give myself the best tools to make that a reality and like see if I like even still really like want to do it um because like I have just like hit a whole new level of burnout like after after leaving the agency after launching the online course and like now trying to like figure out my new life as an entrepreneur that like I really didn't expect which is why I'm trying to be like really careful about um, like what I commit to over the next few months. But I feel like this pressure from like the D2C industry to be like, what are you doing next? Like, who are you going to work with? And it's like, ah, damn, like, I don't know. And I've even like gotten some shade from like some other advertisers. I'm like, oh, I'm taking like a break, like from client work. And like, people will just like say sly things on Twitter. Like you always need to be working on client accounts or else you're not in the know. And I'm like, you're not wrong, but just like shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes. Like give me a fucking break. I agree. I think burnout is even more prevalent in our industry than many others because with media buying, you are on 24-7. The clients yep. can – there can be an emergency at any time. 
There's always new promos. There's always new stuff going on. So I would say, especially working in an agency, like it's expected that you're working on weekends. You're always available. It's talk at nights. And that's something when I started the social Savannah and started bringing on team members that I really put a huge emphasis on is like, mm-hmm. no, like don't check Slack after six. Even if I send a message, like I'm sending it because I'm like, just have like a, like a thought that I don't want to forget. Yeah. But I'm not expecting you to reply till the morning. Don't need to check anything over the weekend, like take a vacation and really being vigilant about like my team's workload and making sure that they don't feel overwhelmed and bringing on team members to support them when they are feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I think that's just, they burn out in agency life, especially for media buyers and, and creative strategists. And in like a year or two, you feel really dead. And like when I started the social Savannah, I really only had a few clients that I started with um, for the first few months, even mm-hmm. the first year, I didn't work with that many clients at a time. Part of that too, is I, I was building up my roster and yeah, I, I wasn't as popular. So it's not like I was like turning away business left and right. <laughs> but I actually really enjoyed just having a few clients that I could work on a few calls a day, uh, being able to spend more time with my husband and going mm-hmm. on walks and just taking like a, a mental break from like the last two years of working at an agency. I, I felt yeah. so relieved. And I was like, I'm so blessed that I have a few clients I can keep money coming in. Especially this mm-hmm. is like the start of 2020 when like the world was collapsing seemingly. Yeah. Um, and then I did feel rejuvenated, like especially over the last year or two. Like now I feel like I'm in the mode of like, I'm excited to work. I'm excited to, to work on nights and weekends and really get things done and see bigger projects come through. Like I feel that invigoration again, but I don't think I could have gotten to this point without taking some time. Uh, that was more chill and where I did have free time and free afternoons and stuff. I think that's so important. And then when the time is right, you'll feel it. Like you don't have to kind of force yourself. Like you'll just wake up one day and you're like, oh, I want to start this project. I want to do this. I want to do that. But it's when you have that pressure and you're forcing yourself to work more than you should, that's when you're going to get sick. That's when you're going to be depressed. Like really we're all humans at the end of the day. We can't, we're not just working machines. So you have to take care of yourself and recognize when's the time to take a break. And then it'll naturally come to you when, when you're ready to go full speed again. Yeah. And I think that's something that I really admired about the way that you approached your business is like, I feel like you could have went into hyper growth mode immediately and immediately was like social Savannah is going to be like this huge agency. And like, you could have done that, you know? And I think that like, it's been really cool to see you like take a step back, focus on quality and process and like, you know, only hiring when you needed to hire. And like, really, I've seen you take a lot of like care and thought into like who you bring onto the team and like making sure that they feel really well supported. And I think that's like also something like that like ideas, like something that I'm also taking like during this time is like, how can I rewrite the script of what's expected of me and like still do right by my community and do right by the people that I work with. But like, more importantly, like do right by myself, because if I do decide, oh, I'm going to start a creative shop and, um, you know, work with all these brands that are hitting me up, like, I just know it would be a fast track to burnout city again. And like, 
and then I would have, you know, this, this YouTube channel, sort of, I would have this TikTok channel, sort of, and I, I, I don't know, I'm trying to decide like now, like, you know, which one's going to be, how can I still like stay really involved in the D to C space and like still like really like walk the walk there. But I think that there's just so many different ways to do that. And like, I saw you rewrite the script on like what that means to be like successful in this industry. And I'm also trying to explore, like, is there like a creator angle for that? Like, what does that look like? Um, and, you know, launching the online course was like kind of like a big part of that, like experiment initially, but I'm not going to like sit here and say that like, Oh, you know, I had like all these like altruistic reasons for doing it. It's like, number one, my, my audience begged for a course for years and I was never going to do it. And then about a year ago, I was like, maybe I should do it. And I just knew that like when I was working at the agency, there was no way in hell I could have ever done it then. Like I started working on this course like two, three weeks before I left thesis. And I was literally filming in the evenings from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. because I live on a really busy block and the light and the noise. So I would film like every other night. And then I edited the entire thing myself and like, you know, did all the like email promo, which like I sent like five emails. Like I didn't really do too much, but like the response has been really, really good so far. And I'm really happy about that. But like, it's been interesting being like, looking at my content now and being like, okay, what should I do for the course? Like what is giving too much now? Like before I really just approached YouTube and like my side business in general, I was like, I'll just give like away everything. But now I have like this weird gate and I'm like, okay, I don't want my content to change so much. So like when people ask me like, what's so different about the course? And it's like, honestly, it's just like step by step. And like you have access to all of my my documents and like my notion boards and like my foreplay boards, like stuff that I didn't feel like I needed to give out like on the YouTube channel. Like some people like recreate my documents from the YouTube channel and like it's like kind of the same thing. But also like there's not like a performance creative training program like out there for teens and like the way that I looked at it, approached it and priced it was like the idea that like businesses will be buying this for their employees to make them like much more nimble and like able to do like creative strategy and like figure out like what the hell they're going to put on their Facebook ads like over the next few months. So like, I'm really glad that I did it, but like you made a course. It is just such, it's just not a joke. It's just <laughs> It is terrible. I I did the I did my first course about TikTok ads February 2022 and luckily I had someone help me film it. Like we went we went and rented out a studio and and filmed a lot during the day and they helped me edit it. So Oh nice. There was <laughs> I would say like 70% of it I had help with and then there yeah. was about 30% which was only probably like an hour of video content where I was just sharing my screen and going through decks right. and stuff. And that took me months to find and yep. the amount of issues I had with editing and exporting and the audio wasn't matching. It was, I was so frustrated. I, I shed so many tears. My, my SD card got corrupted. Some of the, I had to re-record videos. It was such a nightmare, which I know you could probably relate to all of this. God, yeah. And when I released it, I was like, oh, 
it was the biggest relief. I, I really felt burned out after that. And I think kind of going to what you were talking about before, of like choosing what you want to do, there there is opportunity cost. If you're going to focus on mm. a course, you can't also be building an agency. If you're going to be um, being a full-time creator, you can't be doing this or that. And that's something that I've really had to realize over the mm. last year or two. I've been so focused on the creative um, side, like building out my creative teams, editors, creators. I think we have such a great process now for that. And that's really rocking and rolling, but it hasn't come without sacrificing other parts of my business. Like I don't do media buying mm -hmm. anymore. I just don't have time for it. Mm -hmm. I haven't sent an email blast in over a year, which I'm like, this yeah. is, I've been collecting emails. I have like 5,000 emails. I never talked to them. I haven't come right. out with my newsletter YouTube business video. is coming sometime, but when <laughs> you'll exactly. never know. <laughs> I, and I've had to forgive myself. And that's yeah. what it is like, you can't do it all. Like, I wish I can be coming out with YouTube videos like you are, or coming out with like amazing threads on Twitter or email blasts, or um, even like doing more on the media buying side, um, podcast interviews. There's there's so much I have to say no to, and I have to accept, like, I just don't have time for this because I'm fully focused on, on like the creative services, but you, you can't do it all. And I think when you are trying to build your course and you're working full-time at an agency and you're Wild. trying to figure out what you're going to do, like, I, I can only imagine how relieved you are that it's done, but expect it to take a couple months to really get back to feeling normal again. Yeah. And it's like, there are still like some tweaks that I want to make like for the course. Like the feedback has been amazing so far, which I'm really happy about. But like, I, I do, I, I'm like kind of a perfectionist about it. And I'm like, okay, there's like, you know, two or three more lessons, maybe modules that I want to add. And like, but I'm giving myself like a break to like get more feedback from people and make sure it's like what they actually want and like would find useful in the course. Um, Cause like, Today that we're filming this is August 9th. I launched the course July 26th. And immediately that day, I finished editing the last video, like on the 26th, and sent it and like uploaded it. And then I got on a plane to London to go film a YouTube collab. And I literally cried every single night I was in London because I was so burnt out, so stressed. And I was like, what am like, like that course experience was just so all encompassing that I, I just, I can't say that I'll ever do one again. <laughs> you need a break. That's how I, it, I kind of compare it to getting a puppy. Like when I got my yeah. puppy, Kevin, I was like, why did I get a puppy? I cried. I wanted to even return him at some points. I was like, yeah. And now he's Yo, no one life. talks about that puppy regret, you know? Oh my gosh. I was like Googling like, what do you do if you don't like your puppy? He was a menace and he was pretty bad for like a full year. Even the second year he was difficult. Like he's just started to get easy. Yeah. But, and so I always told myself, I'm like, I'm never getting a puppy again. I would get like an old dog. But now I look back and I'm like, oh, he was so cute when he was a puppy. Oh, that was so fun. Maybe I'll get a puppy soon. So you you really do quickly forget. And same with the courses. Like after the TikTok course, I came out with like a, a really small UGC course. But mm, even yeah. that it took like 40 hours. I'm like, what the Oof. hell? And even now I'm like, I even question, I'm like, was that even worth it? Like I spent so much time on this. And again, opportunity cost. You have to mm -hmm. sacrifice time away from your clients, away from other priorities to do this. 
and there's no, no guarantees that it's going to work out. But anywho, I will say I've started your course. My team yeah. started your course. They are obsessed. I really love all of the notion documents, like where mm -hmm. you go through, um, like how to script an ad, like the different formats of the ad, your four play boards for inspiration. So for anyone thinking like, oh, I already get so much free value from Dara on YouTube, which is true. You really deep dive into topics that do take longer to go through than like a 20 minute YouTube video. Like a lot of the stuff with creative strategy, there's very nuanced steps and parts and things to think about that has taken me like years of being in it to really pick up. But you kind of combined all of those experiences into a really great course. So if anyone is on the edge about thinking, thinking about getting it, 100% worth every penny. I think you could have probably priced it three or five times more than what you did, <laughs> which is always the scary part of like choosing the price. But I think it's such a fair value. And everyone knows that you are going to make sure that it's actionable. It's value packed. Like you said, you're going to add in new sections as things mm -hmm. get outdated or new strategies yeah. come up. So if I was to trust anyone to come out with a great resource, it'd be you. So I'm just so excited that the world has this now. And when I have time, like we all, we all have this issue. Right? Yeah, finding yeah. time. Uh, I can't wait to finish all the videos, but from what I saw, I was like, this is, this is really the perfect resource. Like I never, I will never come out with a creative course because now I can just be like, go to Dara's. Like she's already covered yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> You've thought of everything and more. So I'm just going to continue to send people your way and you should be really proud of what you made, but, um, give yourself the grace of, of rest and don't feel like you have to do everything. Um, I, I started Social Savannah in 2020 and I feel like I really just kind of got on a roll just this year of figuring out yeah. what I want to do and my team, my processes. So that's three years later, four years later that I'm just like finally getting in the groove. So don't, ex don't expect yourself to figure out what you want to do and, and how you want to do it and how you want to structure your day just yet. It's going to take a lot of trial and error and 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 hopefully some some rest and break so that you can come yeah. back and feel rejuvenated again. Yeah, I'm definitely like working. I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I'm working like I'd say like three quarter days right now, just like three fourths. Like taking slow mornings, taking lots of walks, like spending time with my boyfriend, my friends, taking extra long lunches, and like just trying to like give myself like that grace. And of course, like, you know, when I am putting my head down, like if I'm, you know, talking with like someone who's taking the course, like I'm really just like about providing that value right now. And like just focusing on like being grateful for like what I have and like what I'm doing and like not trying to pr press the growth button immediately. I feel like a lot of, um, I think it's like sort of something we see a lot in the agency world, like working with brands that are in hyper growth mode. There's like this idea that if you are growing and you don't grow as fast as you can in that exact moment, you lose the momentum. And I think like it's been really helpful for me to like take a step back and like reframe that mindset because it's like, okay, like, you know, tons of brands that I've worked with have just like felt like they needed to like two, three X in a month or in a, like in a certain time frame and like those brands, like, I mean, it was a struggle and like, it was often like, not like that kind of growth wasn't, you know, that strategy wasn't because of like a really great business plan. It was made so that they could get bought or get more VC funding. And it's something that like, 
I have to think about now where it's like, okay, like I feel all this pressure to grow and grow fast and have all the answers for what I'm doing. But like, you know, who's going to be there for me at the end of the day? Like it's my friends, my family, and like ultimately like what I make for myself. Like, and I don't need to like feel that pressure, like from the industry or like, you know, from the people that I talk to, to like have all the answers now. So, but like, I think for the most part, people are just like really curious and they're like, sort of like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? Like, (laughs) I think it mostly comes from a good place. I mean, I think people see you as like unlimited potential. Like clearly you know everything there is to know about media buying, creative strategy, and, and you're truly one of the the leaders in our space. And so everyone everyone knows you, you can do whatever you want. So it's more of like, what is she gonna what is she gonna choose to do? What will she do next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to a girl who has every option. I mean, I'm sure any brand, any agency would love to work with you. So Yeah. Um are you, or are you going to do more content? Like everyone's just like really, I think everyone's just really curious of what are you going to do with this unlimited potential? But yeah, to your point, there's no rush. It takes time and money is not everything. Family, friends, free time that you can't put a price on that. And what I've known from my business is if you are hyper-focused on making money and growing month over month, that's when you're actually going to hurt your business because you're yes. going to take on clients that you shouldn't have taken on. Mm-hmm. You're going to commit yourself to things that you're that you shouldn't have done if you don't have a good process for it. And now everything is chaotic and everything's blowing up and everything's at worst quality. So how I've approached it is like, no, I want to go slow. I want to make sure things are really high quality. I only want to work with a few clients at a time so that I can feel like I have the time and space to work out processes, what type of clients I want to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I'm I'm never worried about like, oh, this month needs to be better than last month. Like, that's yeah. just so, it's just such a short-sighted way to think because with e-commerce, there's always ebbs and flows. Like I had a little, <laughs> just a, a little side story in July. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm losing clients. Like I had a couple mm-hmm. clients leaving. I wasn't having as many leads. I'm telling my husband, I'm like, oh, like what's happening? Like, is there a change yeah. in the industry? And then August comes around and I have like a trillion people hitting me up that are looking for Black Friday creatives. It's like, okay, yes, everyone was a on mere nine last days month. ago. This <laughs> like, script has been rewritten. Yeah. yeah. And now and now I feel busier than ever. And I'm I have like five clients I'm onboarding. So I think it's it's unrealistic to think that every month's gonna be a good month and that every or even every year is gonna be better than last year. So it's why put the pressure on yourself? Like just keep doing what you're doing. If you have a quality product or for you, you, you provide such quality value with your videos. Like you're always going to have business, but Mm -hmm. if you set an unrealistic expectation that this month has to be better than last month, or I have to get more subscribers this month than I did last month or more views this month, that's just not how the world works. And the more you stress about it, the more you cannibalize yourself because you end up taking on things just for the money. And then it sacrifices the good work that you could have been doing. So that that's my advice is take it slow, screw everyone else who cares about the yeah. pressure, <laughs> just do you and know that it, it just like e-commerce owning your own business is a roller coaster. And there's, there's no need to set these unrealistic benchmarks. You can just say, you know what, this month I want to have more free time than I did last month. Like I yeah. think that's even a worthy endeavor. It's why does it all have to be about, I need to come out with 10 more videos than I did last month or make this much more. Like, yeah, what if I, I got to do all these fun activities that I wasn't able to do last month because I was too busy. 
Yeah, I'm definitely trying to take more time and not like pressure myself immediately to be like, oh, I need to do two videos instead of one so that I can grow like Ben Heath. Like these are definitely things that I thought about. Like, but for right now, it's like I really do think that like the like content ideas that I have in like over the next few months are going to be really different. They're going to be like a graduation from what I've done before. And I'm just excited about like seeing those through and um, just like seeing what's next. I'm kind of just along for the ride at this point and not trying to like force anything. I love that. Well, I think that's a great place to end this first podcast episode back. Yeah. We've had so much amazing change. I'm so excited about you taking the leap and, and, and taking a, um, taking a chance on yourself and coming yeah. out with this huge, amazing course. I think you have a lot to be proud of and we're all going to be excited about the content you, you come out with and hopefully more podcast episodes together. Cause that's something I really missed. And I know Me people too. get value yes. jamming about best practices. So we're excited to get back to that. Absolutely. I'm so excited to get, get back into that. Um, yeah, just really excited to be back here having these conversations with you and, um, you know, to get these rolling on a more consistent basis. Yay. Now that I have the time. Yay. Yes, <laughs> it's all about the time. And it, for our wonderful listeners, please don't hesitate to reach out to us with uh, things you want to hear about, questions you have in the industry, uh, things that you want us to chat about for Black Friday prep, anything that comes up. We want to hear your ideas and we can use those for future podcast episodes. So, Thanks so much for listening and we're excited to chat with you soon. See you guys. Thanks, Savannah. <laughs>